What's going on, my friends? Welcome on out to Behind the Energy Podcast, where we dive into behind the scenes of DJing, entrepreneurship, and all the excitement in between. We got some friends, some cool people joining us, and a lot of fun stories. So without further ado, let's jump into Behind the Energy Podcast. So this is episode number 14 of Behind the Energy Podcast, and... (laughs) Uh, I I uh, I can't believe who I'm sitting next to on the couch right now, baby. Stop it! <laughs> it's the uh, is it on Twitter. If MySpace the, were still around, we'd be top five. The Ilipino is that on on Twitter still a thing? That's a, yeah. That's my like social media nickname. Social yeah, media? Okay. yeah. I've rocked that for a while. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we got the one and only Eroclips in the house. Yo, I love this this studio setup. It's this it's is ill. All courtesy of the boy Nick Nord. Um, Big ups, Nick Nor one time. Yeah, shouts out in here Nick making Nord. magic. You can feel it in the air. So that's the perfect name for a podcast. Thank you. In here, thank you. It's like perfect. Thank you very yeah. much. Thank you. Um, I so I've I've started every podcast just introducing introducing who we're speaking with, who's on the show, and cool. then uh, taking a step back to how we met, and then diving a little bit deeper into that. So. Ladies and gentlemen, like straight up, I, I'm so amped for this, <laughs> and we're actually going to be extending this to two episodes because I'm there's so much excitement to talk about. But to be continued, we got we got E Rocklips in the house. He is a turn t- turntablist, a a artist, a father. Owns the streets in the world of U92. <laughs> He's a skateboarder. Uh, he's a foodie, correct? Yeah? Yeah, you can definitely yeah, tell I like to eat, bit. man. Pandemic oh, wh- weight what, is real, dog. What, whatever. You know what I'm whatever. <laughs> whatever. Yo, the food seed's good out here, though. People, yeah, it's surprising. You know, a lot of people that come from out of town, they're like, wow, like, y'all got some spots out here. I'm like, of course. I, I, so I, I'm going to disappoint you there, dude. I just love Cafe Rio, and that's like, <laughs> yo, that's okay. It has its place in the world, too. I, I venture out. It's not that I'm not open yeah. to it, but I just, I like what I you like. You just like that sweet pork, bro. Yeah. Always gets you. Pork, pork burrito, black yeah, that beans, gets me hot too. sauce, and yeah, I still style. like it. I got a, I got a, um, like a rewards account on that. There we go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I got a lot of free, free meals. We, we should fill go. Fill that up. There we go. Yeah. And then go hit, uh, Sojo or Sandy Skate. Yeah, let's do it. Cruise. Folks, we got E Rock lives in the house. Yes, I, sir. I, I straight up, I, I was really hesitant. Uh, well, not hesitant, but nervous to to ask E You'll be real, though. Is it because, like, it, it's been a while? It's because it's been a while, and, yeah. like, I've looked up to you for such a long time, and I know, I know we've had uh, a lot of, uh, you know, fun exchanges and, and, and working you know, in and within the world of U92 and, and DJing, it's, it's just been a hot minute. And yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're have all, I mean, we're going to talk about it in just a moment, but you have been so kind to me, uh, over the past five, six years. And, uh, even with that, like your talent as a DJ and as a performer just still blows my mind. Thanks man. And it's, it's intimidating. That's crazy. <laughs> it's intimidating, man. That's crazy. I'm, I'm I'm being serious, and so uh, when I when I was just like, all right, you know, I need to stop overthinking and uh, and, and uh, reach out to you. You call. I, I shut you text, and you call me and just like just within a few minutes, mm-hmm. 
and you're more than happy to be here. So I, I really appreciate it. Well, I think something you're forgetting, man. Just, you know, we'll blame the pandemic, right? We'll say yeah. there was a lot of time there where we were all kind of locked up. Yeah. You know, um, you add that on top of also, right? Stuff yeah. that happened before that. Yeah. yeah, it'd been a little bit of time. So that's what I wanted to ask you, you know, but yeah. to be real, man, I think you're forgetting that like once you're in the fam, like you can't get out. It doesn't matter whether or not you're getting a check. You know yeah. what I mean? It, yeah, it I, doesn't I matter. Yes. So like if you're going to hit me, bro, I'm going to hit you back. You know I what I mean? I appreciate it. Seriously. Like that's real. Whether whether or not I, I it was a choice, uh, <laughs> being in the fam or not, but yeah. um, speak, speaking of being in the fam, I, I, I think that's maybe it. Actually, hold on. Hold the phone. I want to rewind even a little bit, quite a bit further I like before this. I before I jump into. We're taking uh, the time machine now. Yeah, we're taking the time machine. I want to. I want to tell you about how the first time I came across U ninety two as like a fifth grader. Great. So so South Jordan Skate Park had just opened up, and my mom would drop me off on Saturdays, and I'd be there from ten a.m. to ten p.m. Mm-hmm. And U92 was doing a remote there. And they had their pop-up tent and playing some tunes. And they were giving out Mountain Dew. And when you're in fifth or sixth grade and you get an ice-cold Mountain Dew skate park, like that's the dopest thing Absolutely. ever. Absolutely. And I got this bl- like blue and purple U92 sticker. Remember remember those? Of course. That era? Yep. And um, I just thought it was the coolest thing. And inside my room, I had this wall literally covered with with stickers like skateboard stickers cool and u92 is one of the first stickers on there um and then one other i guess fun era around that time frame was uh when my brother and i would get up to go to school in the morning like this is sixth or seventh grade we shared this bathroom and we had this uh, little radio sitting on top of the toilet <laughs> and whenever we were showering and getting ready we'd turn on u92 and this is when like Dala, let's make a toast or wow. Aina, Aina. Or That's two owners I ago, by N-D-E-P. the way. That was at uh, off 33rd up in the Mill Creek area. Um, it used to be like a Chase Bank. Okay. And uh, yeah, that was the first original ownership of U92. So that was a long time back, ago. Back back then. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd have to do the math, but. Yeah, Dala was cool, man. Yeah. He, uh. He loved it out here. We were one of the few markets who played him early huh. uh, alongside California. Huh. That's why he always came out and showed love. God. Um, his DJ. Um, oh, my gosh. I'm blanking out his name. feel bad now. Hmm. Anyways, um, I know he was with him when he got shot at the airport in L.A. Hmm. and all that. And um, I just remember that I heard through the grapevine that really affected him for a long time. Hmm. But yeah, Dala, man, hmm. he's he's got love for Utah straight up. Hmm. He rest in power. God, I love that. He was so young that. too. Yeah, he couldn't have been more than twenty one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I seem uh, so young. I think back to it, and it's just like it. It really, it, it's really a sad thing because I feel like there could have been so much more, so much more great music from him. Um, but uh, I, I I bring that up just to maybe set the table, if you will, about my my early interactions with U92 and, and hip hop and, and whatnot. Um, do you remember if there was a DJ there at the skate park? I don't remember the DJ. Um, but I do remember, you know, when we were sitting in the back seat throwing on U92. Okay. Um, I, it was ha- handsome hands was always popping. Cool. I'm pretty sure you were, you were on. Cause I do remember doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm asking. Yeah. So it was a possibility. It was you then. 
at the Maybe. time? Maybe. Oh, you, you were there at the parks. remote. Okay. I've done skate yeah. parks. Yeah, we've done pop-ups. Yeah. Okay. As, yeah, as a matter of fact, it was, now nah, I remember, it was sponsored by Pepsi because we were like the Pepsi all-star mixer group or whatever for a year. Huh. They were like the official sponsor. <laughs> So, so maybe, yeah. maybe I met you when I was in sixth grade. So oh it's my a possibility. goodness, man. That's so crazy, bro. Huh? That's so crazy. Huh? Huh? That's just like a, um, so his name is Josh Martin. He's from here. Mm-hmm. If you're into like J- the JDM world of cars, like like old school JDM, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he's like the, the OG mechanic for JDM Legends, which became like a show on Discovery for a while. And it was like one of the most popping shops out of here in Utah. Interesting. He told me a story because I finally met him in person. He said, yo, dude, you DJ'd my prom, bro. That's sick. I was like, what? He was like, yeah, man, we met and everything. And like, I was like, oh my God. So when these stories trip me out huh? every time. Yeah. You know, the yeah. connections are crazy. And like the amount of years I've put in, you know, with mm-hmm. that brand over three ownerships, when I think about it now with you sitting next to you, that's crazy. Cause it, how could it not happen? Hmm. Cause it's been so long, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know? Well, Anyways, it's just, just, just I guess a, a fun, I guess, way to, to jump into it. That was just my early interaction with United two and, 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 yeah. and radio and, and radio and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, now, now I think I actually, I'm gonna just jump around on my notes rather than going in this order. I like jumping just around. To, just to keep, good. just to keep it more, more fun and natural. Uh, Iraq, I, I don't know that I ever really got much of a uh, inside scoop as to your first couple years in in music and mm-hmm. and beginning DJing. I've seen some of those photos uh, of you as an, an early teen with the turntables and whatnot. Yeah. Um, how I got into it and all that. Yeah, but yeah. if you could take a few minutes and, and share, of course, uh, share what that that looked like for you at the time. Yep, and uh, paint that picture. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Um, I got my first turntable ever when I was fifteen, but my love affair for for DJing started young. You know, where I grew up in the Bay Area in California, around San Francisco Bay Area, mm-hmm. a lot of really dope turntablists, com- like world champion DJs. Mm-hmm. You know, in that circuit, especially in the '90s, right? Mm-hmm. So, like the early mid '90s was really like that era I paid attention to and fell in love with when I was young, um, because a lot of those DJs came out of that area. So you couldn't help but find out who they were if you went gotcha. to a record store, or you know, so it's so and so's cousin who played your school dance. Like that's the kind of like, that's how much DJ culture has been a part of that area. Gotcha. Right. So I fell in love with DJing through a couple things. So it was the radio because even back then on vinyl, they were doing live mix shows on the radio on those stations. Okay. Then it was, uh, I had like an uncle who was like a big mobile DJ in the Filipino scene out there Hmm. in the Bay. So it it was a studio that looked a lot like this. Now mm-hmm. it was old school. It was like reels, <laughs> you know what I mean? And dats, you know? But um, it had the same vibe as like in here. Hmm. And I was so young, but I used to go to his studio and just be enamored by all of it. Hmm. You know what I mean? And then um, my mom actually ran a performing arts school. I did not know this at Yeah, all. No. so I got my hands on like audio gear at a young age. And I was just always interested in just like the technical side of everything, how things plug in. And, you know, like my dream when I was a kid was I wanted to be like a stage roadie or a, you know, stage hand. Really? You know, and like run sound. Yeah. When you were a kid, that's like that, no, uh, 
no responsibility, no barriers. Like that's what you wanted to do. That's what I I fell in love with. Like what, every time I saw it, I was curious. Okay. And then there was a short stint too where my uh, uh, my dad was on the business side of a radio station, but nonetheless, it was a big radio station in San Francisco called Live 105, and that was the first time I saw radio in person. I saw someone through a glass window. How old were you? Jocking. Uh, it was middle school. It was middle like school. sixth grade. Okay. Yeah, fifth, sixth grade, something like that. And so, yeah, it was kind of a combination of all that that led me to DJing one way or another. I was always mm-hmm. enamored by, like I said, the the technical side of it, the scratches, the routines, the instrumentality of it, the musicality of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got that from turntablism. And then the radio was more like, oh, man, they're blending these things and telling a story mm. with music every day, right? But these guys also, you know, they shine, you know, they show their skills a little bit, but it's a little bit more restrained, you know? Yes. Um and then, of course, like hip hop, bro. Hip hop taught me, right, about DJing. <laughs> so all three of those together, and then you know, fast forward, um, could get a job at fourteen, fourteen and a half. Saved up for a year to get my first Techniques turntable. Rocked a CD player on the other side of it from like my parents, That's like so badass. you know, just like home stereo setup, just to learn how to mix things together. <laughs> And then uh, saved up enough money at 18, got another, or 17, got another turntable. Um, and then I never let him go. That was it. So, so from a f- very early age, a number of influences were, were shaping this direction yeah. and where you wanted to go. Yeah. Uh, what, so you mentioned 14 years old. What, what did you jump into or what opportunity did you start taking up at that time? So I actually got a job in the summertime at the big state fair that ran like a couple months straight out there. They ran like a County fair where it was like every weekend for like two months in the summer. Okay. So I got my first gig like with pro audio. Like I was a stagehand. Like I told you, like I, I ended up getting the job. Okay. 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 Yeah. So I, you know, I was like at first, you know, the first year they just, they just let you run mics up and down the stage, you know? And then by the next year you come back and then you can run the board, Hmm. you know, you get designated a stage for the day. They had you back the next year. You did a, you did yeah, a good job. Uh-huh. All right, all right, yeah, all right. I loved it. Yeah. Wow. And um, and then the other, the day job that I had right after that was at a general nutrition center, GNC. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. It's like hocked vitamins after school <laughs> to like old people. Yeah. Because <laughs> back then it wasn't right. really, it wasn't really like broed out back then, you know, it was like literally, oh, was it? no, it was like old people, oh. like old people need like their, you know. They're, they're, we all they're need our vitamins, but I, I see you what, know, for their joints. I see you know? what you're saying. Yeah, you got to sell them the membership. Oh my god! You know god. what I mean to get the commit the extra commission. Oh, I, I would, was a hustler. Already, I would bro. love to have been a fly <laughs> on the wall in your first couple days, just slanging vitamins. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> two two different worlds. Yeah. Two different worlds. Retail was a big part of my early life because, like you know, as you know, I had kids young. Mm-hmm. You know, I dropped out of high school at 17. Hmm. Got my GED a couple years after that. But, you know, when I left, I was becoming a father. I was like the original teen dad, you know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, that kind of like pulled me away from DJing. But Hmm. I actually flew to the East Coast. So when I found out about the Mm -hmm. pregnancy, Mm -hmm. I, um, when I left home for the first time, it was just my turntables, a couple crates of vinyl and some clothes. And that's all I had. And uh, so I never let it go. But it definitely like went to like, oh man, I gotta be, I gotta be responsible now. I gotta get a couple jobs, hmm. gotta put some money in the pocket. You know, hmm. it's like real. I'm becoming a dad. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, 
yeah, but DJing kind of took a pause. Mm -hmm. So I went from like high school, learning the craft, playing some parties, some school parties. Uh -huh. I got to play the school quad a couple times. You know, we got to do a little like DJ takeover for lunch a couple times, junior year. And, That's sick. And then um, I was also playing in a band though, like I told you off, you know, before we started. A, a, a heavy metal band? or Yeah, like a metal band. Yeah. Metal band, okay. Uh-huh. Okay. And playing, playing drums? Playing drums, yeah. So that was really like the first kind of thing that got me into it because, you know, that is a natural progression, you mm. know, with, with just making music in general, right? Mm. Like, it's all intertwined. It really is. You know, you, you wonder, like, as a DJ, how is this made? That's, that's a lot of people's, like, to me, that's a lot of people's journey with it. And then they go into producing. They start making music. Okay, you know I, I mean? see or, okay, And it I goes the other way, that. too. Yeah, yeah, I've I, seen it the yeah, other way, too, where yeah. people produce and, and sing and make music mm -hmm. first. And then mm -hmm. they're like, man, I want to, like, I want to perform sets. I want to learn about that. I want to mm -hmm. learn about blending and, you know. So, hmm. yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm picking up where you're going with that. Um, I, I'm curious. So, around 17, 18 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe where DJing's not necessarily taking a pause, but it's not the central focus. Yeah. I take it you were grinding like none other, working like mm -hmm. none other. Were you still playing shows every now and then? Like not at all. Working 50, 60 hour weeks and then like on a Saturday night? I can, I can remember those turntables. So we got to stay in basically my, uh, uh, the, the mother of my first two children. Uh -huh. Her aunt and uncle took us in. Gotcha. And let us kind of have time to figure out what we were going to do. And I remember the exact corner of the house where my turntables and my records sat Damn. and they didn't come out hmm. one because they had like, they had like eight kids in the house. So it was like crazy. You know, like I wasn't trying to open that stuff around kids. Understandable. And then, yeah. and then, um, Understandable. And then two. Yeah. I mean, I was working two, two, three jobs hmm. depending until I got like promoted at one of them. Then I could drop one of them. Hmm. But yeah, I never thought in a million years that that was going to turn into something I was going to do like as a profession. So tell me about uh, maybe it's a little bit more down the road. Yeah, what was that spark or that, that uh -huh. transition that uh, that brought uh, music and turntablism? So I'll be real, you know, when your home situation starts to stabilize a little bit, mm -hmm. then you start to think about those passions again. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. you know, now I only had one job. Now it wasn't a great job, but it was better than it was with two, right? So that's when I started to focus on just the love of it again for myself. Hmm. And this is right when Serato had just come out too. Hmm. Not on a, now that I think about it. Wow. Because that's what really also hooked me was like, oh man, I don't got to like buy two of everything anymore. Like Dude, now it's I, like, I, like the creativity God. went crazy. And so I was like, okay, if I'm going to get really back into this, I'm going to buy that. And then we're going to, we're going to figure this out. And so I did. And it was, um, and I was literally putting up edits on my on my MySpace music page. That is so badass. Yeah, that was like when I got back into it. Was that and you era. weren't getting flagged for that shit? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, uh, oh god, what uh, was your MySpace? No, because song, like bro? if you like you did, if you like flip the edits, like it's not gonna catch it. You know, oh, like god. I wasn't putting up originals. <laughs> you know, what uh, I mean? okay, okay. Like I wasn't. No, I, was, I mean I wasn't yeah. putting like copyrighted like straight originals. Okay, you know what I mean? okay. But um, yeah, I was just throwing up like mixes. I'd like throw up links to download mixes. You know, I was just doing it at home. Like I was just, yeah, I was doing it at home. And then um, that's how they found me to enter a contest. Really? To become a DJ at the radio station. They being? They found me on MySpace and they were like, hey, oh you should God. DJ this contest we're throwing. Like you should compete because uh -huh. we're going to get four DJs and then one of you guys is going to get a job. Take a yeah. 
So once that happened, and then I won it, which I'd never thought. Like, it was so funny, bro. Like, the people who showed up Mm -hmm. to the remote where it was, like, the finals, it was Mm -hmm. outside the station at the building I told you about earlier. Mm -hmm. And, um... It was, All my like coworkers from Target showed up. Like they were in like red and khaki, bro. I like, love with name that. Tags. That is so. Dope. Like that. That was my crowd. Like all the other DJs were like cool, you know. Like they had like Vegas residencies, so they had like you know like they were just like they had clicks. It's the, I had like coworkers from Target. <laughs> I think that's badass. Honestly, yeah. Uh, yeah. do you do you remember a DJ or two that that played in that competition? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, DJ Deo, who's still out here, I believe. I don't know if he's like working still, but. Um, okay. Yeah, they ended up hiring him later, like a couple months down the road. Gotcha. And then um, there was a guy from Vegas. The only reason why I remember the guy from Vegas, but I don't remember his name. I'm sorry. Um, He was like really pissed because they told him that he was going to win. Oh, God. But then like when I did my set, they were like, yo, we got to hire that guy. (laughs) So like. Yo, the Target squad coming in hot, baby. What's up? I won a rigged contest. You know what I'm saying? Like it was Um, supposed to be rigged for that dude. A rigged contest. Yeah, that was wild. Trigger. Yeah, they told me that a year later. <laughs> I didn't know that till a year later. Oh man. So so that was with U92 then? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So it was really like nothing, bro. Like it went from like I was kind of doing something back at home. Wow. And then it all just went to a halt. And then there was about a four or five year stretch there where it just was nothing. And then like I said, when I moved out here, uh-huh. we had a little more stability. We had an apartment. Mm-hmm. I started to get back into it. And then that okay. road began. Uh, 24, 25 at U92, that competition. The what? 24, 25 years old is when you had that competition. Oh, geez. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember how old I was. It was like probably 2006, 2007. Okay. I moved here in 03. No, hold on. So yeah, I was like 20, yeah, I was like 22, 23. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's sick. In the same, the same room. Uh, that we were talking about the, the competition. Uh, how do I how do I put it in words? That competition that that I won, you yeah. won, uh-huh. was in the same room that I I I went as a spectator and and ended no, up playing. But in. that was why the I same. did the idea. That's why I did the contest again, and I did it a couple times. <gasps> really? Because that's how I got my start. That's sick. So I was like, you know what? Like, how dope would that be if oh I got to do that for others? And that's why that last one I did, I hired like all y'all. Oh my God. Because I was like, yo, like this really changed my life, like in so many ways. So that's cool, man. Um, Pretty crazy. I just want to take a second to. I know we jumped around. No, no, I I love it. I want to take a second to just explain what this experience was like Um, for me coming as like a, a, a guest. There was this uh, this this DJ competition, and it had to have been um, 20, 2016, 2015 or twenty sixteen. Okay. Um, and U92 was hosting it, and they were they were going to be uh, bringing the winner on uh, to the team to to U92. You're a U92 All Star mixer. You're yeah. a U92 Street Team mixer, and that shit. That was that was the coolest thing ever. Like, I, I literally. I, I when I listen to when I'm driving the car, I'm either listening to a podcast or I'm listening to U92. Um, unless there's a commercial, then I might I might change yeah, it. I don't up. blame you. But anyways, uh, yeah. I heard about this and and uh, if anything, I just like I want to go check it out. Like th- there's going to be some sick DJs there. Yeah. And when I started DJing, um, 
I really was attracted to the technical, uh, the the technical roots or the the skills um, of mixing and not just you know yeah. Yeah. simple back and forth transitions. Um, and so this like really caught my attention, and um, I had my backpack coming from like campus or something, so I had my laptop on me. And uh, I think I had spoken to Bangarang once or twice at the time, and he was fairly new to the team at the time. Mm-hmm. That's about right. And yeah. um, I was sitting in the corner just watching these, you know, some DJs spin, and like I'd say, eighty percent of the room was DJs. And yeah, like, it was. You're like, right. I mean, my heart's yeah. my heart's racing, and Bang's like, "Yo, are you gonna you can get up there, man?" I'm like, nah, bro. I, I I wasn't planning on it. I'm I'm, I'm not prepared. And he's like, "Do it." And he's I'm like, dude, no way. He's like, do it, bro. Uh, we got it. We got an SZ up there. And I had an SX. And so I was fairly familiar with it. And so I whip out my laptop and I just start pulling some tracks. And dude, I was shaking like none other. <laughs> uh, I think it was you, uh, you, yourself, I think Handsome Hands. Uh-huh. And uh, I believe there's another another DJ up there doing, uh, giving oh. feedback, judging. Yeah. Um, Sounds right. But I think they were given like maybe six or seven minutes to do do, do a little something, something, mm-hmm. maybe a little less than that. But mm-hmm. oh, dude, that was so intimidating. And um, uh, so I, I went up and did it. And uh, I remember you had commented on uh, on the tracks that I chose. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I think you had just just uh, you also made a comment specifically just about you know getting up there and actually giving it a go. Um, but I remember I played uh, E Fody. Tell me, tell me where to go. And uh, you had me. And, you know, stuff a little bit more. I, I was guess getting high fee on the table. Get get high fee, baby. Yep. <laughs> yep. But uh, we were going dumb, going stupid. Go, yeah, <laughs> we were. Just just straight up, man. Like to be in a room, to be on it. I mean, there's a platform. To be on a, like a little bit of a stage in front of a bunch of other very talented. Bro, I'm DJs. not gonna lie. That's like a tough situation. Yeah. Because like. I even get that way even to this day if I open for people that, like, you know, I really look up to. You know what I'm saying? Like, Really? So I feel you. That's, like, real. That's, like, a real nervousness. You're being honest. Yeah, but the honest truth is, man, if I don't go up there with a little bit of butterflies, that's me and I don't care. That means I don't care. Hmm. Interesting. That's real. Do you uh, – how about how about emceeing? Like, uh I mean, it's dependent on the event or the show that you're playing. Do you feel pretty confident there? Or do you get more butterflies? I there? do now, but I would say even with the station, like my first seven years, mm-hmm. I didn't have mic presence really. Really? Yeah, because okay. like even when I did the rollout mix for those many years, mm-hmm. the first round, mm-hmm. um, I wasn't even on the mic the whole time. I never spoke. I just mixed. Who was the talent then, or the on-air talent? Or um, the, there was a couple different guys that came okay. through. Yeah, but they yeah, were yeah, yeah, there were jocks in the building. Yeah, okay, but it wasn't me. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So to be honest with you, man, yeah, like I've had to learn that over time, huh. and it really came out once they threw me in the afternoons. We're like, okay, you're the guy now, and I was like, oh, okay, this is my shot, and. I used to have to like type everything out to say on the radio for the first year. Like that the was first expectation? year that I did the show. I literally had to. No, I had to because I was so for scared for yourself. Okay, I had never turned on the mic ever, and all of a sudden they gave me the show, man. Huh. So I was like, I got to figure this out, wow. and I can only imagine what I sounded like the first year. <laughs> I don't even want to go back and listen because it's probably so bad. <laughs> but um, that definitely came 
with time. The repetition. I'm not going to pretend like I was like that DJ because I wasn't. Mm -hmm. I was the more hand skill, you know, and tell it <laughs> through what you do, right? Uh -huh. Rather than the guy who knew how to like get on the mic and really get people hype. And mm -hmm. that's more, to me, I feel like that originates more on the East Coast side of things during the era of DJing that I paid attention to growing up. Okay. And on the West Coast, it was more like technical. Yes live blends, remixes on the fly type gotcha. shit. You know what I mean? Huh. So the mic stuff came a lot later, hmm. for sure. Mm. I think I'll, I'll jump back to that in a second. Can you tell, 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 us, tell me a little bit more about that, that first couple, couple years or that first era or two being a part of U92. Yeah. Uh, was that remote? What did that look like? Yeah, before, of course. Before you were, you know, more confident and there, the rollout mix came to be. And, oh, man, that was much your, later. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I realized that, but yeah. look, maybe the first couple of years. So the first couple of years was crazy. So like I said, I won that contest, right? And I did not expect to win it. I literally was just stoked to meet other DJs in Utah. Because this was like really the first time I was going to step out and do a DJ thing since, like I told you, since high school. Join the community here in So Utah. genuinely, yeah. I, I did not think I was going to win it. I, know it. I just was like stoked. I got to be on the radio for one night at 9 p.m. I was part of the contest. And then I got to DJ in front of people. Let's go. You know? And um, so I didn't expect anything. Because like I told you, I was working a day job, right? I was working that retail job. So once I won the job, it turned into basically like, well, you're still not even really part-time. You're just like, you're a DJ for the station, which means, you know, you're on call. You know, you rise to the occasion, right? Like, mm -hmm. so going back to what you said, remote. So for people who don't know what that means, that's like a term that they use for live broadcasts that pop up mm -hmm. around town, mm -hmm. like a live broadcast on site. And United 2 always had a DJ. That was kind of their unique thing about doing their remote was that they always had like a live DJ. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I joined that team and I just picked up every remote I could. Just put it in my schedule. Because, I mean, it, it came with a small fee, so you got paid, Yeah, you know, something. Uh -huh. And that, you know, when it you're on that up. hourly life, that added up. Mm -hmm. You know, it was kind of nice to do that for an hour instead of doing eight hours, mm -hmm. you know, 10 bucks an hour. You know what I'm saying? So um, the first couple of years was really like, so the first year was totally just proving. I just, I was stoked to meet everybody in the building, meet the DJs, maybe, you know, go to a club or two now. Like the first time I stepped foot in a club was when I DJed in the club. That was the first time I ever stepped in a club. For real? Yeah, so that was part of the first two years for sure. What was the club? Or Oh, gosh. Uh, my first... Oh, man. I don't know which one was the very first, but my first residency I remember was in Clearfield, and it was a place called Bogies. And it was like... A, it was like... It was like... It was like modeled after golf. <laughs> like, it was like... It was the funniest place. It's so like, like it's so clear feel Ogden. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah. And it was like two levels. It was popping. It was actually popping. I did a um, Thursday and a Saturday there for a while. And it was it's like a, kind of like a country club, but also turns. Yeah, into it's like, like a bar. Nightlife. Yeah, it's like a bar restaurant situation that turns into a okay, like a club. I uh, even brought Far East Movement there once. That was a funny memory. No shit. Yeah, yeah, that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So first couple of years was just doing like a lot of remotes, and then starting my club career. Right. Just some picking up a residency because, you know, I people would catch me on the street. Right. Mm -hmm. So after about, I would say, nine months of doing remotes, that's when the program director at the time, his name was Brian Michael. Mm -hmm. He came to my remote. He just pulled up and was like, hey, man, like, I see you've been grinding. You, you're super dependable. You show up even though you got a day job. You make the time. He was like, I'm thinking about doing the first ever primetime mix show on U92. Do you want to do it? 
And like I told you, man, like back then it had, was it was never no. So it was like, yes, I'll do it. When do we start? Had you met him before? No. Oh, wow. No, because okay. that's the funny thing about radio, right? Like ever since I've been in the seat, it's it's a much more open, personable thing. But traditionally in those situations, you don't really see those guys. They're like behind closed doors, you know, they're, mm. you know, they're just kind of like nerds in the cave, you know, you don't really see them come out. But um, he came to my remote, asked me to, if I wanted to do it. I said, let's do it. And that was my first ever on-air Monday through Friday, 5 to 6 p.m. Oh, prime time? Uh-huh. What was the name of it? It was called Cruise Control. Cruise Control. With mm -hmm. Clips. That's dope. Yep. What, uh, what, I guess, what was uh, one of the biggest learning curves or, or uh, I guess you could say... Uh, well, because radio is different, as you know. Like, you figured that out real quick, right? Through what we've done together and your involvement with the station. Uh -huh. Which is, you know, you kind of have to learn the rules of radio in a way. Okay. Right? Like, you have to understand that, like, there is science behind a lot of it. So, you mm -hmm. have to find an equal part of science and then mix it with your art. Okay. Right? Okay. So, like I've always told you, man, like, it's always, like, I always say, like, I don't care. Like, you know how DJs are always like, yo, I hate it when the opener burns me plays all the bangers it's like bro like i don't care you can play everything you can play everything because it's gonna come out differently wow when i do it and that's I, what I djing's like supposed to be i love you know that. what i mean it's I supposed that. to be that wow so yeah uh that was crazy it was like nine months in and then so i started doing every day monday through friday 5 to 6 p.m i was mixing on the air so when you had started the show did you have a decent grasp or understanding of the science and also incorporating your own flair so your you know own... what's interesting is that they'd always I'll, I'll give credit to all the people that were part of the brand back then because they were really open to my creativity hmm. i think they figured out because like part, one of the rules of the contest was you have to play this playlist but they didn't tell me you have to play it in this order they didn't tell me you can't flip this and do an acapella here and flip that. Hmm. So I think it was kind of a mutual respect thing out the gate because they knew my ability was, well, you could tell me I could play in this box, but I'm going to make it a different box. Right? I see what you're saying. Yeah. So they, yeah. there was definitely like an understanding of like, okay, this guy's going to do it his way. But if we teach him basically, you know, stay within this range uh -huh. of stuff these uh -huh. are the hot you know these are the things that we're playing now we want you know we're trying to break this record so yeah it's a lot of like giving push and pull give and take hmm. you know you gotta like you gotta respect you gotta respect kind of the rules that they lay out mm -hmm. but you could definitely still freak it you know what i mean <laughs> the 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 uh the mutual respect it sounds like was was clear across the board and so they're <clears throat> coming into that mix show Monday through Friday. Yeah. Uh, you were able to really work that space and do your own thing then? Am I understanding right? Am I getting that right? Yeah, but you know what? They still handed me a playlist. Of course. Okay. Right? So there yeah. was a playlist and it was kind of like, these are the priorities. This is, this is what we're playing currently in regular rotation. But then there would also be like a folder that we would call Mix Show. So it'd be like, yo, what's the hot stuff that the DJs are feeling? So they would ask me. They would ask other DJs. Right. That's kind of part of the process. That's what a, that's at least what a good to me music station does, which is they listen, right. As much as they, they know. Mm -hmm. So yeah, man. Um, yeah, it was definitely like, they wanted to know what was hot, you know, to help them make good decisions. And to be honest, like that's why DJs still have jobs in radio. Like mixers still have that job because of that. Hmm. Cause they're still the ones 
testing all this stuff in front mm-hmm. of people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now, mm-hmm. I mean, there's mm-hmm. digital analytics now, and that all helps, right? Like, yeah. But at the end of the day, like, yeah, that's the DJ's job, right? It's to expose music. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Cruise Control? Correct? Yeah. Cruise Control with E-Rock That was the first one. Yep, that was the first show. Was E-Rock like... Uh, <laughs> Always, always the uh, the stage name. So I hate on to air. explain it because it, it was kind of my ex's idea. Mm. So I'll give her that. Gotcha. But um, you know, people called me E Rock growing up. Yes. But you know, in the D- in in hip hop and in DJing, you figure out like there's rules, right? There's like unwritten rules, and you don't jack someone else's name, especially if they're already like something. Yes. So E Rock was already taken. As a matter of fact, that dude went to my high school, and he was three years older than me. And, he, and so I knew his cousins and younger brother. And so even more, I was like, yo, once that guy blew up and he did, he yeah. got the Vegas residencies and he was the youngest mixer in San Francisco on KMEL. He uh, got on sick with it with E40. He became like his DJ and got the chain and everything. Um, out of respect, I had to freak it. And that was something that my ex-wife kind of came up with. Gotcha. So. Cruise control, E-Rock, E-Rockalypse then. Yeah. This is what happens when we're fre- like when friends do this. There's not enough time. You know what I'm saying? He we're keeps run- getting after me about it too because I keep going over time. Because no, I, keep I get it though here. because I, I feel like you're calling people you you actually rock with. Mm-hmm. Like they're like mm-hmm. homies to you. Mm-hmm. So of course this is gonna go longer. You know, mm-hmm. sounds like we gotta like move this to another episode. Is what we gotta do, right? Yes, we, we do that. We're, we're we're moving into another episode, baby. Okay, part two we, con- we, coming soon. We we got part two next week week with uh, the one and only you rock in the house, baby. Can't wait. Yes, sir.